break free. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. podcast my name is luke kerr joining me today we have dan pierce welcome back dan how's it going pretty good you ready to discuss some good old geek tv uh, and film uh, and a little bit of teen titans we have a lot to cover because holy cow supergirl is actually coming back tomorrow how weird is that right and the 100 is coming back in 10 days i cannot wait also joining me mo walker welcome mo Hey guys. There is a lot to cover, and hopefully we'll get it all in in an hour. So let's just dive in on what may be the most controversial of the topics. The onset photos of Teen Titans. Now, when I saw these photos, which are not very flattering to any of anyone involved... I was I had Wonder Woman flashbacks and on a different podcast, I might have had a mini breakdown over the fact that when Wonder Woman was being developed as a TV show, the costume for Wonder Woman was so bad that I might have just had a smidge of a breakdown. I'm not doing that this time. I'm trying to have a little bit more of like even keel. But boy, are those photos bad. Mo. What did you think? I'm, you know, I, I, my, my blood, well, you know, luckily I hadn't had too much pork lately or my blood pressure probably would have went through the roof. But, but to be fair, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray that, you know, they'll clean this up in post-production and let's just see what happens. You know, maybe they were filming something where they were having like some sort of like they were wearing a disguise or something. I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a little leeway because we've seen the costumes for Hawk and Dove and for um, their Dick Grayson, the Robin character, and they look really good. So we'll see what happens. I mean, but I was not I was not amused. Dan, how bad is it? Uh, well, first of all, I'm not super invested in the Teen Titans. I didn't watch the show or the Teen Titans Go, so I, this is kind of my first exposure to it. I, you know, it's it, it's pretty rough. You know, you got you got Beast Boy over here looking like Trip from Power Rangers Time Force. It's a kind of thing. And then I, I, I need to address this because this is absolutely ridiculous. And the actress uh, addressed it on her Instagram. People need to lay off Anna Diop, who's playing Starfire, um, because it's opened up a bunch of doors to, like, hate speech and all that kind of stuff. And that, like, having criticism for, like, how a show looks is one thing. Attacking an actress it is completely inappropriate and completely wrong and just shouldn't be tolerated under any circumstance like that. I understand you're into the show. Fine. Cool. But crossing lines is no way to go. So there's that. Um, but I, honestly, like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm skeptical about the show as a whole because I just, you know, I don't know a lot about the teen Titans, so I'm interested to learn more, but at the same time, you know, yeah, hopefully this is like Mo said is like, Oh, they were undercover or something. And, you know, this is some sort of mission. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I'm interested to learn more, and I hope this is an indicative of what the show is like. And that was going to be my next question. Um, have any of these photos inspired you to shell out the 10 to 14 bucks a month that would be required to watch this on Warner Brothers streaming platform that is going to be launched? Wait, TNT doesn't have it? No, but- it Mm-mm. It's going to be on a separate platform, as Luke said. It's going to also have the, the upcoming third season of Young Justice and another show called Metropolis, which is supposed to be a Lex Luthor and Lois Lane show prior to Superman's arrival. 
I, I, I'm good. You see, know, I, that's, see, that was my thing. Like, okay, the Berlanti-verse, you have the Berlanti-verse on the CW, and they those shows are solid fun for the most part. Arrow is r- terribly repetitive. But, oh, and, and, then, oh. and then you have um, Black Lightning, which is technically not in the Arrowverse. Um, it might be in Supergirl's realm, but it's not. Te- it ha- isn't officially part of it, and that is so well done. And then you see Teen Titans, that is supposed to be the marquee for a new streaming platform. And so far, I would not be shelling out my money to watch this. Like I will shell it out to watch Young Justice, but if Young Justice and Teen Titans are like staggered, I will wait until all of them, both of them are out to subscribe so I can watch them at once. Because that's what I did with Runaways on Hulu, is I waited and then watched them all in a month, and it was worth it. Runaways is fantastic. But I it does not inspire me to say, yeah, I'm going to shell out 10 to 15 bucks to watch this like as it's released. You know what's disappointing about this whole thing is I was in the middle of season two of Young Justice when they pulled it, so I didn't get to finish... Well, if you wouldn't always be so far behind on really good shows, Dan. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, I really dug Wally and Artemis. I thought that was kind of cool. There was a lot of good stuff the show was doing. Superboy was interesting. Oh. Well, let's talk about something else that was very interesting, which was Legends of Tomorrow's season finale. Bebo is back! Oh, it was oh. it was a wonderful wonderful season finale and best of all Rip Hunter is dead. Oh come on, Dan! What do you hey. think of the season finale? You speak of the captain with respect, sir. Okay, so I have a lot to say. First off, shout out to my buddy Ben Diskin for voicing Bebo. That was awesome. Uh, he's a voice actor, and I interviewed him a bunch of times back on uh, Dance Joker Rants back in the day. Um, so that was pretty cool see- seeing him work. Even though, like, I'm not sold on Bebo. Like, he's kind of just like a goofy thing. I- I'm not super into it. Um, I, you know, sending Amaya away again back to Zambezi is kind of all right, I guess we have to do this again. And, oh, by the way, the producers are saying she's coming back next year, so I guess we're going to have to pick her up again. Uh, So that's a whole thing. But I need to devote, like, at least the next 72 hours to talk about uh, Captain You do not have 72 hours. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You have three more minutes, Dan. Okay, so um, this show is so flippant in killing off original cast members i was so upset i was i'm hoping that this is another fake out similar to when they found him in hollywood um we shall see the moment between him and gideon broke my heart and then the moment where he tells sarah i would very much like to see my wife and child i i was tears everywhere i was yelling at my screen i was like don't you effing do this show don't you effing do this okay so and then hearing mick talk about all of the people that they used to have and how they used to hang out with the chicken people i was dying i was rolling on the floor laughing i was like damn it even when mick's being like emotionally deep he's also being mick and i love it um uh, it's so weird seeing like Jax talk about being married and having a five-year-old like five years had passed. So he has like a toddler. I'm like, Whoa, that's crazy. That's awesome. I want more Jax, maybe cameoing. That'd be kind of cool. He seems like a character worth cameoing. You know, it was cool. Like Ava was part of everything. And, um, Helen of Troy, uh, fresh from, uh, hanging out with the Amazonians, because, let's face it, she was hanging out with the Amazonians. We just can't say that because Wonder Woman and DC, right? Whatever. Um, and it's always great to see Jonah Hex. I miss Jonah Hex. And I'm real, like, he actually made Zari interesting. For the first time. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. I really, I would love that romance. I would really like that romance. It's kind of cool. Um, and obviously ending it on 
the whole uh, John Constantine, you know, picking it up right where they're going to kind of pick it back up uh, next season, which is kind of interesting. Um, I personally don't think that um, Malice, because there was the whole pronunciation issue, um, was that big bad of a villain because, I mean, he... They they really built him up, and then there was that big letdown because he got his butt beaten by Bebo. Um, but you know, I guess like Laura Lance, Earth One is alive now because uh, what's his Damien Dark sacrificed himself. That's the kind of thing that might be happening. I don't know. We Wishful thinking. Oh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm gonna push back on that. Wishful thinking. Check the timeline. Check that timeline. And hold hold see on, and then it would be affected. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I'm pushing back on on that that Laurel business. That's that's muddy in the waters a little too much by them going back and then bringing the original Earth One Laurel back to life at, at this point i mean you can very easily because for what if i remember correctly i thought they said that they resurrected damien this time they resurrected damien tark after he had been killed um so i don't see how that would bring back law it's part of Dan's fantasy. We'll let no. him have it, just as each of us has our own specific fantasies. Mo, what did you think of Legends of Tomorrow? I, I think he did a tremendous job of bringing every little aspect of the season back uh, and, and tied it up really, really nicely. And and for as insane is that. Bebo versus Mullis Smackdown, because let's face it, it was a Smackdown. It was WWE wrestling. You know, you got Mullis, who looked like one of those gargoyles from, you know, remember that old Disney cartoon? Yes. With his wing, his bat wings flip, flapping, and then Bebo, who is just essentially, you know, Blue Elmo, just like body slamming each other. I laughed. I nearly fell out of my chair just laughing at them. Um, the whole notion of combining those those um, the totems to form Bebo is just hilarious because I I felt part of me felt like singing like Captain Planet. You know? <laughs> hey, I don't know if you all remember that show. You know when oh, they yeah. when they combined their through their four powers combined. You know it's like. Our Borg powers combined for Bebo. And getting back to the other elements of the the season finale, I did I did really like seeing Helen of, Tro- of Troy. Um, hopefully, you know this can be a reoccurring thing with with her. I think that, you know, as Dan said, just you know, it it, it lends it allows that show to tap into another part of the DC mythology and just even the Greek mythology in general. And there's like a whole avenue you can play with that. If you're going down the the line of magic next season, so so hopefully maybe she she will come back. I really do like that actress. I think she has a spark of energy. And if you can't get Diana Prince, you can't get Wonder Woman. Helen of Troy seems to be the next best thing. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what the Time Bureau's relationship with the Legends is going to be going forward. You know, are they are is it going to still be some sort of rivalry or the legend is going to be kind of quasi working for the time bureau. Uh, well, see, we'll I see. think, I think it's sort of going to be that they are now the demon department because Constantine mm-hmm. is on board and they unleashed. It seems like no matter what they do, they always have a side effect. And this time they opened a portal and other things came out. So now they have to clean up their mess. So yeah. I sort of feel like they're going to be the demon division. Dan, you are very yes. happy about Arrow. Roy is coming back next season full seat, full time. You're happy about that. Yes. I know you're happy about other things, but as I was watching this last week and watching Arrow and Diggle have a gruff off, I was just thinking, we this is no different than the island flashbacks. How many times am I going to see this same fight over the years? What did you think of the uh, of Arrow this last week? 
Uh, I, I thought this week was really interesting, uh, you know, just getting to see the different parts of Oliver's psyche uh, during the whole Vertigo trip that he was kind of suffering from um, because of the councilman and whatnot. Uh, I personally think it is pretty interesting seeing all of the different choices that Oliver's made really coming back to kind of affect him through the lens of Adrian Chase, who is kind of his, you know, antithesis um, character who was created based on Oliver's choices in general. I'm really excited to see Mayor Quentin Lance. That seems like the best role possible for him. I'm so excited that Roy is coming back and I'm really just Colton Hayes is so, so good. And they didn't do him a, a service during his last uh, little arc with Thea, during Thea's exit storyline. At the same time, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that was a great way of exiting, you know, the storyline. Why is he coming back? Is this like a Kevin Fisher, Chloe? He must save this city. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I guess he could save the city. I, I just want Arsenal to be Arsenal. I understand them trying to pull the new 52 look with Arsenal, they they missed the mark a little bit. A little bit. Me and Mo had a big discussion about the the new fifty two look on Twitter, and it it just it didn't do well because the suit isn't a red suit, so the hat doesn't work if they don't have like they need the suit in order for the hat to work. Um, but needless to say, I'm really excited for Roy to come back. I like that it's back to the bare bones basics and Oliver kind of fired Felicity as Overwatch. I really want to see Diggle do more with Argus because I feel like Argus has just let a lot of things slide over the years and we could always use more Lila. Lila's so good. And as uh, you've been talking about this episode, I realized that I, when I thought I was caught up, I was not. So I'm one week, uh, one episode behind because this was not the episode I was thinking of. Mo, what did you think of Arrow this last week? I think, actually, I agree with Dan. The last two weeks of Arrow have been, in my my opinion, some of the best of this season, especially this uh, past week's episode um, with, uh, I, think, I think it was called The, the, the uh, Fundamentals. Yeah, uh, yes. it was called Fundamentals. And because Adrian Chase, to me, seems like to be the... When you, when you hold up Adrian Chase to Oliver, they're like this warped mirror image of each other and i think that the play between those two actors is just the chemistry is just incredible and i just love it every time oliver's past is thrown his sands are thrown up in his face and he just has to react to it whether it's coming from diggle whether it's coming from prometheus doesn't matter it's good drama and i think they just finally have this it just feels like the season is coming into focus a little bit more as we head into the finale. And even the stuff with the dragon is better. It's much more interesting now that we actually see how his hold on the city works. Because before that Kate and James stuff, we kind of, it was just, he was just kind of this background character. He was just like, I'm just here. I'm more like a thug. And once he killed Kate and James, that was, that was this, that was his pivot. And as we see him has his hold on the councilman, the DA, the, po the police captain, it's, it's, it's really making for good television. And, and it's actually, Arrow's been, to me, it's been holding my attention. And I want to see that. I hope that this continues along this path for the rest of the season. Agreed. Let's touch on the Flash for a little bit. Um, just uh, we don't have a lot of time to touch on it, but it was uh, the most recent episode was the Null and Annoyed, which was directed by Kevin Smith. Uh, he, along with his on-screen partner Jason Mewes, also appeared in a cameo on the on the episode. Um, the team is still fl hunting down the last mutants because they're not mutants because we can't call them mutants, but you know what I mean. Metahumans. Um, they're, metahumans. metahumans. They're, lo they're looking for the last two. Ralph Dibney w had a chance to shine. Uh, Harry Wells is having problems, but the cameo, like not the cameo, but Cisco's scenes with um, 
Breacher. Danny Trejo. Breacher. Yeah, Breacher. What were awesome and how it ended with Breacher basically saying, hey, if you want to spend more time with your girl, why don't you take my spot on the team? I feel like that's the perfect opportunity for a spinoff. But I don't know that I want to see the spinoff because I don't know how many more shows that we can have. And based on the preview for Supergirl, some of the costumes, I'm like, okay, I think I really want to see that spinoff if they would do it. So what did you guys think of the Kevin Smith episode? Mo, you first. Well, you know, I I feel like to me, the Flash is moving slower than the, the turtle. It's like, did the turtle just secretly come back and just all of a sudden just make things feel slow and somewhat repetitive or not. I, I personally don't feel like up until now we haven't been really getting a whole lot of momentum with the DeVos. Um, that kind of things kind of changed a bit. Um, when Mrs. DeVoe found out that she, you know, her, that her, she's been bright, 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 uh, bright Yeah. She keep her memories keep being wiped and everything. And, and she's going, um, having her own version of Groundhog Day. But I, here's the thing about um, the Breacher vibe uh, storyline. I thought it was a cute little, a cute little storyline. I don't know why, why didn't Breacher just like say that? Why don't you join the family firm and my do- and Gypsy will be called Breacher from going forward? Because I think for I, I don't know. To me, like using the name Gypsy just it just doesn't work with this version of that character. Um, in the comics, that, that, that those characters have totally have very little in common, um, and I think Gypsy in the, in the Flash television show should be called Breacher. But that's but that's just a small thing. I do think that this would be a great opportunity if you you took Cisco away from Team Flash, would allow that character to develop a little bit more. It could potentially be a good CW animated series like they've done. Um, because the Constantine one just came out, I haven't had a chance to watch it. But I think there's a potential for a spinoff with Breacher, with uh, Gypsy and Cisco, but not a live action one. Um, but I, it, but is it me or do I feel like Barry's being kind of an asshole lately? Um, Barry's been an I hate to say it, but Barry's been an asshole for a couple seasons ever since he came from the future to try and kill himself and Iris. I don't know. This is like the first week where I kind of felt like. You know, Barry's kind of being a little bit reasonable and everyone else is taking things a little too lightly because, holy cow, people are dying. Like, the the thinker is literally killing people and taking their bodies and their powers and all of this stuff. Barry comes from the school of Oliver Queen in terms of, like, making sure you have a plan, you have a strategy, you have to figure things out, you got to take things seriously. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so... For everyone else to be like, eh, don't worry about it. Ralph's got his own way. I'm like, guys, are you really going to trust that? Are you really going to trust that? Um, because, like, I... to be, fa- oh, to be fair, uh, you know, Dibney's move turning into, like, that big balloon. Or, no, I'm not, not a balloon, <laughs> but, like, a pillow. I'm like, <laughs> guys, you can't rely on Ralph Dibney turning himself into a pillow in order to save someone's life who is falling from the sky. So let me ask you something, because I sort of, and as you were talking about it, it sort of struck me, considering what we just found out about Cisco, about being like possibly becoming Breacher, do you think it's possible that we could see a scenario in which Cisco and Flash end up doing a lot of traveling to other realms next season while Ralph is the person who keeps the home fires warmed. (laughs) The home fires. (laughs) I hope not. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it. I mean, if they're basically telling him to do it, how like he would normally handle things and be independent on his own. And then all of a sudden we have this thread where Cisco might be going away more often than not. I feel like we might be they might be foreshadowing the flash spending more time other places than his hometown. I, you know, I would like him spending like time in other places, but I also think that like central city has like a lot of problems, uh, just like in general. Um, that being said, it would be cool seeing him go to like different worlds and all the, the stuff like that. What about you, Mel? Ralph, 
Dibney, whether the television version or the comic book version, has never struck me as like the character you want to put in charge of of saving a city, a large metropolitan city. So I think if if Barry and Cisco were to go joyriding around dimensions, he would need like Wally or Jesse or somebody else to help back him up because I just wouldn't trust trust uh, Ralph. I mean, he may go get some donuts or something uh, when he's supposed to be stopping a bank robbery or start flirting with some woman or something. It just, I, I wouldn't just trust him to um, <laughs> to watch over Central City. I just wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Timeless. Yes. And Witch Trials. Yes. Dan? Oh. I'm, I'm, Lucy, I was... Lucy got accused of being a witch by her own mom. Oh, she's the worst. She Susanna Thompson is so good at being the worst. It's amazing. I, I like you're undercutting the biggest thing, Jessica. Oh my gosh. Okay, Jessica being alive though is just it, it throws a monkey wrench into everything and it pulls her into the team dynamics and now Wyatt has brought her into the fold and they kind of have to keep her under wraps just like they have to keep everyone else under wraps but also lucy and flynn having all of these like scenes i told you guys at the end of season one that i my theory was the reason he had those journal that journal of lucy's was because in the future they are a pair and they and I'm just saying there was nothing that happened in that witch trials episode that dissuaded me from my theory. I don't know if they're a pair, but they're definitely there's they some... definitely do some hooking up in the future. Well, you want, Luke, Luke wants a Luke wants a classic soap quad. That's what he wants. Uh, let me tell you, Wyatt is a pale imitation of a leading man. He has almost no charisma. He barely fights, and when he does, he can get beat by Flynn if Flynn wants to. He's not even worthy of Lucy. I I think we have ourselves a classic Aiden Devane, Ryan Lavery, uh, Greenlee Kendall situation here, where uh, we're just... We're going to have four people just kind of swapping pairings for maybe a couple seasons but if we're here, lucky. But here is what I am wondering. Do you think that Jessica is a plant? Because that is what it's this story is screaming to me. I feel like she's a Rittenhouse plant. They I somehow mean, change they say, somehow change time so that she would be alive and then they got to her at the bar and now and she's fully aware of what everything that's going on. And she is a Rittenhouse plant. The moment he walked into that bar and told her that he wanted to bring her back. Like, well, he didn't do that at the bar, but you get what I'm saying. I was like plant. I, I didn't call plants, but the more you're saying plant, the more I'm thinking it's plant. And the more I'm sad that it's plant because I actually kind of like Wyatt trying to like, earn back his marriage to Jessica because like they're they had this moment where like he's trying to explain everything and she's not quite understanding it but like he's being earnest and like ah I see I just think I think she's a total plant just like Lucy's mom was at the end of in the season one I'm completely convinced of it yeah I agree with Luke I mean this is the she to borrow from days of our last she is the pawn oh i like this she is the part like we she she oh wait three episodes from now we're gonna find out that jessica is written house in this in this new alternate reality she shoots somebody she either shoots flynn and takes off in the lifeboat it's gonna happen Two, three episodes from now, she's she gonna she's gonna pivot and, and, and gonna turn out to be a play, a sleeper agent like Lucas. See, I think she's working with Emma. I that's what I think. I I think she's gonna shoot Mason. If anyone, like Lucy's mom, at some point is gonna turn on a satellite. She's gonna become a pawn and shoot Mason. Like <laughs> Michael trips the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Uh. 
I know it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded a podcast. So was there anything else before we move on from uh, uh, Timeless that you wanted to discuss? I'm just throwing it out there because it's been like a couple weeks and there were two episodes. Okay, yeah. no problem. Because we also had the Hollywood episode where they went to Hollywood. And that was an interesting episode. I sort of enjoyed that one. Yeah, it, it was yeah. like the Hollywood episode was good. It's just it was like kind it wasn't of, as impactful. It Well, everything that like was meaningful in the episode was washed away the minute Jessica showed up. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Riverdale. I think I'm caught up, but I don't know for sure. I'm looking at my YouTube um, TV app as we're talking. And so, Dan, what are you thinking of Riverdale? I It's so complicated right now. I have so many feelings. This show, just like none of the characters. Like, all of the characters are so intertwined in the bigger storyline of, like, Hiram Lodge taking over the town and making the prison and, like, trying to save, like, all of the economic struggles that are going on between the upper class and the lower class and just the clash there. Meanwhile, you got what's going on in the Blossom family sort of affecting everyone else and just... I I don't know how to feel. Okay, so I will go through and we will dissect this for a second. Thank I am you. going to start asking some questions. Thank you, Luke. First of all, what do you guys think of Archie going in with the mob as much as he has, Mo? I'm not quite caught up yet on Riverdale. But... Okay, I am not. A, I am not a big fan of Archie signing up so much with Hiram, who, as a side note, is. Adam Chandlering his ass out of Hiram Lodge. Just, just saying. Uh, um, but and it is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, Mark Consuelos went to the David Canary of a school of corporate raider tycoon head of head of family school and it excelled. Got a plus plus. Dan, what are you thinking of Archie sort of doing the whole mob thing? I don't understand why Hiram's relying on Archie, a high school right. student. Right. So exactly. Much. Like, I, mean, I understand. If he's that powerful, he's been in prison. Why is he relying on Archie? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. I understand you're cut off from, like, some of your power because, like, I guess other mobsters in other towns have taken over your power supply of like all of your men and stuff so now you're down to like one bodyguard and also archie um that's not you shouldn't be relying on anyone in high school ever because now now the 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 circle is back i i i don't think it's the red circle anymore i think it's the dark circle now Ooh, the dark circle so next question is that cheryl blossom's dad or is it her uncle Ooh. Um, you know, I think the show is just soapy enough to make it the uncle. But would any of us be shocked if it was the dad? Not not for a second. Not not for a second. Um, I, I just I don't understand, like, the role that Nana Rose is playing in all of this, because she just kind of seems like she's just an elderly woman getting abused by these people in this house. And she sort of is aware of it. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm really interested to see more Cheryl and Tony and see how they unravel the bigger mystery going on in the Blossom family. Eventually they'll rope Betty into that. Which leads me to Betty. What do you think is going to happen with her stepbrother? I think one of them is going to go down for the crime. And I think I would not be surprised if we see like Alice in jail. Uh, just because of how guilty she feels because chick like she gave chick up. So she see, goes down for the crime, but she's starting to realize the chick isn't a good dude. Here's my only slight little thing about it. I have no problem with, chick the character it just sort of makes me it makes me a little concerned that 
on one hand, we have Chick the Psycho Gay. On the other hand, we have Cheryl, who is finding lesbian romance but is locked up because of it. At the same time, we have Kevin, whose gayness is sort of like he comes out of a closet, but you don't ever like he comes out of a closet from hooking up with someone, but you don't really ever see him doing much hooking up. I, I sort of feel like and I'm hoping it changes before the end of the season that there is at least a little bit of some sort of healthy representation. I, I agree 100%. I feel like they're starting to uh, take that turn, especially with Cheryl and Tony. Uh, because and, and that's why I'm giving it time, because it does sort of feel like that could be a healthy dynamic in like a gay dynamic on the show. Mm-hmm. It's just concerned me that Kevin, he's there, but he's sort of like the token gay who everybody likes, but doesn't actually do much. Yeah. And so that that has improved some over the season. The Cheryl twist was nice, but with Chick being there, it just seems like while well, Cheryl's locked up, Chick's a psycho, and Kevin is a token. It it also kind of feels like they've decided that they need to wrap any story Kevin's related to into Josie's storyline because people complained that Josie wasn't getting a storyline. So now we have Kevin's dad and Josie's mom hooking up and them dealing with the ramifications on their level. Plus, And I'm okay, and I'm okay with that because I, I do want to see more of their stories. I don't want to see, I just, do, I don't want to just see Kevin's hooking up. I do right. want to see him incorporated into the cast more. I mean, granted in the first season, he wasn't a full-time cast member. So, I mean, I, so I'm, I'm liking that he's being incorporated more into those type of stories. If that's how they choose to do it at the same time, Josie could use a little bit more screen time, which once again, I think that's been improving in the more recent episodes when she was part of the story to see if they should, could get Cheryl out. Now, granted she ended up going her separate way because she felt that, or she was basically given bad information, but it, it is pretty good. Now, before we were, we're, Getting about three quarters away through, and there's a few more shows that I want to touch on, so I'm going to move on just a little. Um, I want to touch on The Expanse. I know that Mo has watched Krypton, and uh, Dan, you have watched the entire season of Jessica Jones, which I have not finished yet. So let's talk a little bit about those three. Mo, what are you thinking about how Krypton is ev- Krypton is evolving? So I, I think the story of, of Krypton, I've, I've seen the, the three episodes of the series. I think it's progressing rather well in terms of looking at the classic arca, uh, classic hero's journey archetype. However, it really contradicts, in my mind, what I know as a comic book fan about Superman's lineage and what we know in the comics about his, his family. I like that they've they're more or less following the the structures of Kryptonian society. How we have the um, the different the military guild, the science guild, and so forth. And they're really del- using one particular family to delve into how that different institution works. So, for instance, the military the military side of things, we have the Zods. I I love that that uh, dynamic between Mama Zod and and her daughter. And I, I think, again, with, what's going on there is going to set up, I think ultimately what's going to happen is the Zods are going to have some sort of military coup and take over. That, to me, feels like where, it's, where things are kind of progressing on the show. Um, I like, I hope that uh, Adam Strange, who, and for, for those of you who don't know Adam Strange, Adam Strange is a classic DC uh, character. He's, he's, he's basically uh, a uh, normal human, no superpowers, who has uh, technology that allows him to travel uh, to different planets. It's called Zeta technology. If you've seen Young Justice, that character, Adam Strange, was part of the second season of Young Justice. I like the fact that they're using that character. They folded that character into the series because, you know, Adam Strange is not overly flashy, but I like the dynamic between Sigel 
and Adam Strange. They got this really good buddy buddy kind of cop dynamic, and it kind of, in sort of ways, reminds me of the kind of dynamic that uh, Nate and Ray have. And again, I like that they've kind of named Brainiac. Brainiac is the big villain in this show, and that he's coming more into the forefront. I do hope that they'll bring in some more elements of DC mythology into upcoming episodes. And I like the fact that it's only 10 episodes, so it's going to be a really nice, compact storyline. I know that people have had some issues with the uh, the CGI and so forth. And I think, honestly, for a sci-fi show, it, 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 it does what it needs to do. It's not expensive. It doesn't look like The Expanse, which I think looks really good. But it I've seen worse on sci-fi. Dan, what are you thinking? What did you? What's your overall review of Jessica Jones season three out of five stars? What would you give it? What were? What was the high point and what was the low point for you? Uh, I'd probably give it about a two and a half. Um, oh, ooh, yeah. I'm I'm actually like I love these characters so much, but this season, like, I did not need a backstory on Jessica whatsoever and i felt like it held the character back there was zero mention of the defenders whatsoever or any of like the events you know matt dying none of that nothing like seemed to like really be touched on um i just and it's terrible because i love jessica i love malcolm i like jerry you know trish is a bad person. Like she's not good. She's not a good person. She, she's a bad friend. She's toxic. And Jessica doesn't need that in her life. I just, I'm really hoping that they turn the corner in season three and that, you know, the next season of the defenders does a better job of touching on things in the Jessica Jones mini worlds, uh, than this did because, this, like it was good seeing everyone, but uh, I don't need a backstory. I cannot stress enough how difficult it was to watch a story that doesn't move forward. Uh, the Kilgrave cameo episode was fantastic. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't need anything with uh, you know the the IGH people. Or any of this nonsense with, like, turning people into mutants or non-mutants, whatever. I don't need any of that. I just need a story that moves forward with the characters that I love and gives them the ability to shine. This season didn't do that. This season was muttered in flashbacks to the point where I felt like I was watching Arrow season three or four. Where it's just so clogged by these flashbacks that... you stop caring about what's happening in present day. Um, you know, Jessica should be able to focus on other things than her backstory. And yet her backstory keeps coming back to her. And I don't, it's, it's unnecessary. I don't need it. I didn't need to know about her family. I, I didn't need to know how her family got her powers. I didn't even need to know how she got a leather jacket. You know, why is it called alias investigations? I don't care. Uh, you know, just give me something that allows, like, a story with good dialogue and gives the characters the ability to shine. This didn't do that. That makes me a little worried because I was hoping it gets better, and it doesn't sound like it does. But <laughs> I guess, I guess everyone has different perspectives. I mean, I can't hold it against you that you like Rip Hunter, and I don't. So Here's I the mean, thing, Luke. there, there, there might be an element of it that I enjoy that you don't, vice Here, or vice versa. Here's the thing, Luke. I was waiting. For, I was ho- hoping it would get better, I, and they give you hints that it's going to get better. Like there are things like, "All right, it's going to pick up. It's about to pick up," and like these breadcrumbs keep happening, but it never picks up. And all of like the climax, big scenes, and stuff like that are so rooted in the past. You kind of don't care. I, I wonder if Jessica Jones is kind of waiting for the other shows to have their second season, like Luke Cage and so forth, because 
from the if, if you know their uh, Luke Cage and Jessica's history from the comics, those two are an item. So I'm wondering if this season of Jessica Jones is kind of like in a holding a pattern, filler. a filler, until we get to something in in Luke Cage's the second season of Luke Cage that allows those two to come together. So so maybe. If it, who knows? Maybe she'll make an, a cameo or something in the second season of Luke Cage, and that could be the turning turning point. Because none of this stuff in the sec in this second season, based on what you've said, what I've heard and read about the second season of Jessica Jones, it wasn't covered in the comics. Yeah, it's it's heavily rooted in the family of like the Jones family, and I you don't need it. it it's unnecessary and. For them to create a filler season is such a disservice to these insanely talented actors. Because it's not like any of the actors are putting out poor portrayals of any of their characters. They're killing it. They're really doing a great job on every level. And I think the only person that gets the shine is Malcolm. Ika Darville is so good. And, like... You know, I, I might be biased to him because he's a former Red Ranger of uh, yeah, a, think. a very <laughs> beloved season. Thank you very much. He is. Um, but he's finally given a chance to shine. And I really enjoy Malcolm. And he gets to do a lot of cool stuff this season. I just wish people would stop taking advantage of him. Um, and he would, like stand up for himself a little bit which i he gets to do by the end which is cool but i wish it happened sooner well you may not have enjoyed the full season of jessica jones the expanse returned on sci-fi and i thoroughly enjoyed the season premiere which was called fight or flight which was very much the theme of the episode it picked up exactly where the um it the second season left off i don't want to spoil it but i really feel like the expanse it's really the, the next Battlestar Galactica in terms of quality, in terms of performances, in terms of like it storytelling. Every bit of it is well thought out. There is only there are there's only like one primary weak uh, weak link in terms of the acting, and that one. Under the right circumstances, it can be everybody else pulls him up along with them. I don't personally find the James Holden character to be very compelling. I find the the character or the actor's delivery to be very one note and very just the same pretty much no matter what. But besides that, everything just clicks. I mean, it was a flawless season finale or season premiere, pardon me. And I really enjoyed it. If you are not watching The Expanse, you definitely should be. I would in highly encourage you to binge the episode, the first two seasons on whichever platform you find them on to watch. And just let yourself be enveloped by the storytelling and the space opera that this show is. Because it is that good. Mo. Storytelling. CGI. Ready Player One hit movie theaters. It did well. Um, it's not the um, Black Panther for geeks in terms of box office, um, but which is what some people had asked. And when I heard that, I just shuddered when people like were like, oh, is this going to be the uh, Black Panther for geeks? And I'm like, seriously, do we really need to do that? What did you think of Ready Player One? I think in some ways it did not live up to the hype. I think that the hype for Ready Player One had been building for over a year. And in my opinion, I don't think it necessarily delivered. Part of that is because a lot of it deviated from the novel written by Ernest Klein. I think that for fans who are looking for Easter eggs, my God, you're, you're just swimming in a smorgasbord of Easter eggs. I think director Steven Spielberg, it felt like a Steven Spielberg film from the 80s. And in my mind, what, from reading the novel, in some ways, that those two things contradict each other. But I think that we got, um, 
the, the main character, whose name is Wade, who's actually played, uh, he plays the young, uh, Ty Sheridan is the actor who plays uh, the main character, Wade. He is also young Cyclops in the recent X-Men films. I think he does a really wonderful job of portraying this geek who is just so in love with everything from the 80s and the 90s and so forth and all this pop cultural ephemeral. It just, it just oozes that. So it's a very... It, the characters in terms are, are very uh, you can very easily connect with with his character i think the um his quote-unquote love interest the thing i i feel like that that relationship just kind of pro- it felt like it felt like literally felt like a steven spielberg film from the 80s where you know that from the moment you see two certain characters on the screen they're gonna end up together and you kind of miss this natural progression to the two characters getting together. Um, so again, I feel like it was it was a solid movie. Okay, I would certainly give it. Um, I give it five? a three. I give it a three out of five. Uh, now, three, question: yeah. Did you read the books? It's only one book, and I yeah. How do you think it compared? Again, I think. Because it's 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 a Steve. First of all, there's a lot of Steven Spielberg references in the novel that he cut out of the film. And Spielberg has given interviews in which he said he just wanted to really cut out a lot of the references to, to his films, Indiana Jones and, and E.T. and so forth. Those types of things that were in in the book. So I think in some ways, I feel like you you're trying to cheating the fans because geeks like the Steven. Spielberg, have have like um they they love Steven Spielberg properties from that time period and you're missing that and I think that that in some ways takes away from what make what could potentially make this film really really enjoyable and connect to geeks but I I think that it I mean my God if you love like DC and DC properties and so forth there's a ton of that there's there's Gundam from uh, if you're an anime fan. There's a Gundam in there that has a great tracers in there. Yeah, I mean, there's Overwatch. There's, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's even references. Obviously, that weren't even the book that are in the film. So it's a visual treat. I mean, there's just so much to take in, and I certainly would go watch it. If you haven't seen it, I definitely say just go to the go to the theater and catch it. I just, if you've read the book, you know, just understand that it's going to deviate from the book significantly. Um, but you need to judge both things separately. Um, and if you want to wait for it to be on uh, Blu-ray or, or DVD, I would suggest waiting for it too at, the, at this point. On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Dan is at Real Dan Pierce. Yes. And Mo is at Dr. Mo 77 Correct. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, Bye everybody. Y'all. And don't forget, the originals return on Wednesday. Woohoo! And watch Timeless. <laughs>